The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live from the Star in Frisco, Texas in the SWBC studios as we continue to break down Cowboys Eagles this week. Cowboys Eagles Sunday night football from AT&T Stadium. We've got Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Doing Ready obviously, for, uh... you're doing very well, Kyle. Why is that? You have a see-through watch on. Have you ever seen something like that, James? No, I have not. It's like broken on the back nah, end. Don't, Quit, don't show the back nah. end. Show the front end, huh? Look at that, huh? I hate, I hate that. that. Not the lip hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could not care less. <laughs> Never seen nothing like it before. You know what I'm saying, Beamer? Transparent watches? <laughs> That's just because I couldn't pay for the rest of it. Wow. They just unveiled a freaking invisible cloak, and now he comes out with an invisible cloak There's watch. an invisible right. cloak? Yeah. You haven't seen it? Like, like Harry Potter style? You guys didn't see that? That's no. scary. Really? No. Yeah, it wasn't Is it the same, same email you get the Cybertruck <laughs> no. stuff from? You know, I can I tell you, the United States did not it. create the technology. I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely not. There's no way. Beamer, you, you I saw it. It's creepy, actually. You saw it awesome. online? Oh, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't know where in society that would fit. Well. Oh, there's plenty of places. Oh. <laughs> not in society, necessarily. Yeah, not in society. <laughs> no, I'm saying not in a legal would, society. Would, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. In a normal legal oh. society, okay, I don't think there's a, a solid purpose for that. A kid's playing hide and seek. And fine. All right. Awesome. Even then, that might be terrible. <laughs> that could be a disaster. That could be a disaster. Jay, what would you right. do with an invisible cloak? Oh, gosh. Uh,. Probably. Track down sources. Yeah, probably, no, I probably <laughs> work himself into the team meeting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> probably would have probably would have went to Grapevine over the weekend and try and figure out how this group came up with leaving Florida State out of the college. Yeah, yeah. Oh, something like that, too. just to hear, just to find out wh- who who was the most against it, and uh, I would tweet all that out. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you would use it for sources. Yeah. What would you do with an invisible cloak? 817 290 329. That yeah. might be a dangerous yeah. question. This is a dangerous thing. Y'all be nice. 817 290 3298. That's a fun question. Invisible cloak. What would you do with it? Well, I can't believe that it's real. It actually exists it sounds now. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Who has <laughs> who has that much time on their hands to say, look, you know what? Let me build an invisible cloak. Not the United States, obviously. We've got a lot of other. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. Fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> All right, let's get to news and notes. Cowboys, of course, off yesterday. That was the down day of the week, and it's yeah. back to a normal schedule, which. Thank goodness it is. We're we're done with the short weeks. It feels Thursday. weird because of it, though. It does. It feels like this week is going to drag on forever. Yeah, yeah, Jam and I were just talking. It doesn't even feel like a game week. Like it just feels different because normally we'd be within what almost forty eight hour rule right now. But right we're not. now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, not a ton of news and notes, obviously, coming off of Tuesday. The only thing, which we mentioned already this week, is uh, we will get an update today on Peyton Hendershot and his um, uh, uh, act, 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 
decision. Well, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if he can, yeah, decision on if he can be activated to the 53-man roster today. Um, his 21-day practice window is up, so either he gets activated and someone drops down and is released down to the practice squad, or um, he is on the IR for the rest of the season. So, what are you leaning towards? Uh, I think he ends up on the IR for the rest of the season. That's mm. I, I don't know anything there, but that's that's just kind of like my hunch feeling here. Yeah, I agree. Same thing. I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know for sure, but it seems like that's the way it's leaning. Kind of like how you thought the mm-hmm. Shaq Leonard thing was leaning towards Philadelphia. Yep. I <laughs> so I was wrong on that though. I thought he was leaning towards the Cowboys. I thought he'd become the Cowboys. So hey, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I think he's probably going towards IR as well. Yeah. But I I would like to see him utilized on this offense. I think he would be another huge resource. Only only caveat there is if he was on the field, he you're most likely in a passing situation. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think that you think that less of Ferguson's abilities to take him off the field and and, and replace him with Hendershot. Is Ferguson excelling at all? Yes. Factored in with it with yes. you? Yes. Okay. How about with you? Uh, do, do you yeah, absolutely. Uh, just because I mean that's a that's a legitimate tight end that you have out there. Schoonmaker is stacking confidence. And then for me it boils down to do you want another receiving threat out there or do you want another pass or another run blocker in the red zone? I'd rather have another run blocker in the red zone, so mm-hmm. keep Sean McEwen. That's kind of my thought on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like this receiving group is doing just fine right now. Obviously Dak Prescott's doing just fine right now. Mm-hmm. If the pass offense was a struggle and there was, you know, Jake Ferguson wasn't playing as well as he has been, then maybe I, I, I throw Hendershot back in there. But for me, if I'm making the decision, I'm keeping him on IR and rolling with McEwen. So you're saying a training, a training camp showdown next year? It's going to be a fun one. I, I'm telling you, between uh, Hendershot, whatever McEwen can do between now and then, and then John Stevens Jr., that's going to be it's going to be a blast. And even Scootmaker, he's involved in that in that mix as well. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. It, it, Maybe we've put too much stock into what we've seen from Peyton Hendershot on the field of training camp and things like that because in the game, he hasn't necessarily produced. He had 11 receptions last year, 103 yards. He has one catch for three yards this year prior to the injury. <laughs> That's pretty solid. Over 20 games? I'm saying I mean, 20 how, how many attempts? games? How many attempts? How many targets? You yeah, mean? targets. Um, I can give you that. I mean, it's, it's still not crazy production. I, the, the reason no, I kind of gave the face was because, like, 18 I targets, 12 receptions. It's not yeah. bad. I mean, we can say the same thing about B. Cooks prior to, you know, the last few games. Yeah. B. Under, Cooks under has a track record, though. I get it. I mean, but you have to start somewhere. Get it, track. It would be interesting if John Stevens or Peyton Hendershot next year elevate themselves to where they're on a level where you're like, we can play these guys all the time just because I think of Schoonmaker is clearly a guy they look at that way. He's a second-round pick. Yeah. Ferguson's clearly there. And it just makes me think of the rest of the NFL. Like, how many teams have three tight ends that you can really try? I mean, how many teams really have even two? Trucks. I, I go back to, uh, I think it was two years ago, I think, in free agency when the Patriots, like, that was, like, their key thing, like, was to get Hunter Henry and, uh, man, I'm drawing a blank on the other. But it, it was Johnny Smith? It might have been, but it was just like they were going to get their two, you know, veteran tight ends and, and try and build around for the Cowboys to possibly have found that and maybe even have a third. That would be really impressive. It'd obviously be great for Dak. How how imperative is it? I caught Isaiah in the middle of a yawn. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> how went, to the, went to the U.S. Women's National game last night. That was Where random, was that but how fun was that? It was good. Where was it? Frisco? Yeah, Frisco. Yeah. Who are they yeah, playing? At Dallas. They played play against China. Is that why you're yawning? Is yeah, that, exactly is why that what it was? A little yeah. late start? A little late, little late. Late night. night. I took the kiddos, though. I did take the kiddos. It was awesome. Nice. Mm. There you go. Uh, when you have tight ends like that to rely on heavily, and we've talked about this in the past with Dalton Schultz, mm-hmm. how, what does that do for a quarterback mentally? 
that you have multiple guys that can be that safety net, not just one player specifically. Because in the past, for the Cowboys, it has been one player. First it was Jason Witten, then it was Dalton Schultz. Now you feel like there's multiple guys that can do that. And, of course, the athleticism from this tight end room can take the top off of a defense as well. I think it's huge because, especially in this style of offense where you're using two tight end sets a a lot, Mm -hmm. you're not as worried about where your primary tight end is lined up. Is he attached? Is he, you know, is he had? Does he have a have his hand in the ground? Uh, is he on the right side or is he on the left side? Like you're less concerned about those things. You can come in two tight tight end sets and have a tight end on each side and feel good about either direction. If you need to over over a play, if you need to change um, the protection, if you need to change the route concepts, like you're you're not as concerned about what you're doing there um, to, because you're not taking away from one's abilities, right? Like you feel comfortable with both guys. You know they both can block. They both can run routes. They both can catch the ball. So now I'm like, okay, now I can play this even Steven and go whatever direction is best in favor of the team and us and us being successful in that particular play instead of being kind of catering to what that particular player does best. Uh, one last thing. You're done with news and notes, Yeah, correct? again, Tuesday is super, super light. We'll have more coming out of t- today. Uh, I, I want to hit your Nick at night playoff scenarios. Let's go. Because there's a couple things on there that I think would be f- great for listeners to, to hear the Cowboys would take first place with a win on Sunday. However, the Eagles would still control their own destiny yep. the rest of the way. What are some of the scenarios that fans should probably keep an eye on as we get down the stretch? I know there were a lot of different theories out there with the 49ers and the Eagles game this past Sunday on who would be more beneficial for the Cowboys to see win. Uh, a lot of people thought it would go one way or the other just based off of seeding come playoff time. But out of your scenarios, what are some of the ones you want to highlight? Yes, yeah, so I, I think first off, it's important to highlight that this game is the most important game on the entire 17-game schedule in determining playoff implications. Yeah. If the Cowboys lose on Sunday, you may as well pull your Sharpie out and write them in as the number five seed, and they are going to go play the NFC South winner, who would be Atlanta, New Orleans, or Tampa Bay. I wrote in Nick at Night that maybe Tampa Bay is probably the best matchup there, but I feel like you would have confidence going into any three of those uh, matchups Um, but if the Cowboys were to win that's when things get a little bit interesting you mentioned um, we've talked about it last week as well Um, the the first tiebreaker would be that divisional record at the end of the season if they were to win out uh, Philadelphia has two more games against the Giants Cowboys have one more against the Commanders if they were both to win out then they would still be tied in that divisional uh, tiebreaker then it would go to the second tiebreaker which is common games and again if they were both to win out it would be 10 and 2 both of them which go to the third tiebreaker which would be conference record, and Philadelphia would have the advantage there. They only have two losses against Dallas. This is three. So best-case scenario, Dallas beats Philadelphia on Sunday. What are you rooting for? You're rooting for the Giants to beat Philadelphia one of those two games. Because if they're able to do that, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because if they're able to do that, not only will Dallas be a game above Philadelphia, but they would own the first tiebreaker. So that would almost give them two games of flexibility there. Uh, And that that would be the best path towards winning the NFC East. So if, uh, who knows, maybe Tyrod Taylor comes back and gives you a little bit of magic. But Mm. I kind of mapped out as well what it could look like for the Cowboys to get the one seed. It's really unlikely because they would need the Niners to drop a game at some point um, and, and the way the Niners schedule looks right now and the way they're playing I just don't see that happening uh, but if they're able to do that and Dallas wins out then they have that one seed so San Francisco um, has Seattle Arizona Baltimore okay Ooh. yeah Washington I about the Baltimore yeah Washington and then Los Angeles so what you're saying is that Arizona game is really important 
Yeah, absolutely. I, we said it. Well, we, yeah. we said yeah. it as soon as it happened. I feel like I was like, this is going to come back to bite them late because if they were ten and two right now, and they would still be tied in that conference tiebreaker with Philadelphia, this game would be huge. Then they could own the division coming out of this. Mm. Game, You'd be up by two games with what is it? Five to play? Four to play? Four to play? Can't but drop games. Yeah. Is what it is. Is what it is. <laughs> no, it definitely is what it is. And. A quick trivia question. We were doing this yesterday. Can you name all five starting offensive linemen in the Cardinals game? <laughs> no. You know, I delete games. Uh, because you're bringing it up, it makes me want to say that what's his name started it. Um, <laughs> TJ Bass. Yep. Yeah, he did start at one of them. Yep. Yeah. We'll start at left tackle. Left Who tackle. Left tackle? <sighs> awesome Richards. Nope. Nope. No. Chuma Adoga. It yep. was Chuma Adoga. Left, left guard. Tyler Smith. Yep. yep. Center. Tyler Biotish. Nope. nope. Oh, so then that would have been. Nope. <laughs> Who was center? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Center, 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 center. We had the same thing going on in the meeting it's, yesterday. This is, oh, was, this is what uh, we do in our meetings here. He's not even on the team now. Yes. Oh, he is. Uh, he is. He's 100% on the team on now. On the active roster? Yep. Oh, then I don't I know. Who is it? Brock Hoffman. Okay. I was and then right guard. Practice squad. Zach? Uh, oh, no, that was Bass. That I'm was sorry. Bass. There okay. you go. And then right tackle. Uh, and that would be Terrence Steele? Yep. yep. There you go. Man, Man that's... A, <laughs> I mean... You think Dak would be putting up these MVP numbers playing behind that offensive line for the last six, seven games? <laughs> Probably not. not. Probably not. not. But, but yeah, those are the playoff scenarios there. And again, a lot determines on the outcome of Sunday. If they lose, may as well just get your just flights ready for sharpie. Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Philadelphia schedule, of course, it goes Dallas this week, Seattle next week, which Seattle's going to be in desperation mode pretty quickly. They play San Francisco this week, and then they follow up with Philly next week. They can, they need a, a win pretty badly. And then it goes New York, Arizona, New York, oh, down the stretch for Philadelphia. Maybe the one thing that could benefit, like you said, Tyrod Taylor maybe finding a little bit of magic there from the Giants' standpoint. But I, I think you're going to see Tommy Cutlets and the, the New York Giants. But the fact that they play him two times in three weeks, maybe that's a, a benefit. It's hard to beat a team two times in three weeks. That's the best optimism you can have. But, like, again, it's... <laughs> It's it's highly unlikely. But I'm trying to be, see it with the glass half full. Here. I, the look, best thing I, that you can go to is last year's game at Washington. I mean, there's yeah, no reason yeah. that the Cowboys still need to win that game. They're at Washington. Washington's not very good. You would think nine out of ten times they're winning that game. And, and not only did that win it, that wasn't really even that close. So. Do you think it benefits this Cowboys team, the fact that they have to kind of go pedal to the metal here, though, down the stretch? They can't let up for a game. There's no there's no room for error, even if they get some help outside of it. We're talking about scenarios that include the Cowboys winning out, and that's that's unbelievable. I don't know how that. Right. Any, I don't think that. I don't happens. think it'd be any different than it has been though, because yeah. they still needed to win all the way to the end last year. And you, some will argue, okay, well they weren't going to catch the Eagles anyway, so they. But they played all their starters against Washington. They obviously were playing to, to win that game, and uh, I could see it being the same thing, exact thing this year, where it's like we look at that right now. But going into that final week at Washington, Philly might already technically have it locked up, and so are you really playing that Washington game like that? You know, I can see us watching that uh, Detroit game. It's uh, the last home game, mm -hmm. and thinking like, "Oh, this is going to have so much implications." And then Philadelphia takes care of business, and it and it doesn't really end up mattering that much. So in that case, I don't see it being that much different. I mean. This season could be very similar to last year, where yeah. you could be going to Tampa Bay and then you could be going to, to San Francisco, San or you know. So, and then that'll be how this team will be judged: is can it get past what it did last year? <laughs> yeah, if they go to San Francisco again. I might not get on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was dramatic. But, uh, you, that yeah. is dramatic. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys feel as if they would win out? 
No, no, I don't, no. I don't feel so. I honestly, I do feel like that scenario where the, the Eagles lose a game to the Giants. That's that's what you need to happen because you're going to lose one down the stretch. I mean, they're going to Buffalo and Miami back to back weeks. If they come out of that two and zero, wow. Yeah, and then they got to play Detroit on a Which, short week. So. On the remaining schedule outside of this week, okay, what team do you guys feel will be the most challenging for Dallas. I've always felt like Miami is yeah. the biggest challenge on the schedule. Really? Yeah, just because yeah. their speed is going to be unreal. That's tough. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. I, I, if I, you I, could I, tell me the elements of Buffalo, <laughs> that would help. But with me not knowing what it's going to be yeah. for sure, I would also say Miami. Really? But if you tell me it's just like this snowy, awful yeah. Buffalo-type weather, then I would say that that Bills game is. See, I think it's Detroit. Okay. Why is that? Because they're more physical. They're very physical, but Dallas, just, Dallas has struggled with physical teams. Yeah, I think they struggled with speed. I, I don't disagree with that, but there's things that you can do about that. Sure, Dallas has struggled with physicality. Hmm. The 49ers beat up Dallas multiple years now because of physicality, and Detroit beat up Dallas with the physicality. Uh, Dallas won the game, but they made it doggone interesting because they were just beating the crap out of them, and everybody was getting hit. Yeah, and I I foresee that being their tenacity, their relentlessness, um, their physicality, all those things about Detroit scared the crap out of me when I look at it in comparison to Dallas. Yeah, just knowing how Detroit's played for the last, uh, I don't know, 30-plus years of my life, um, <laughs> there's a part of you, though, that any time that you really get up for thinking, like, this is going to be a big matchup, whatever, like that, that they've laid a lot of eggs. So that's the only yeah. reason why. Um, and then also, they're putting Jimmy Johnson the ring on her halftime that show. I mean, yeah. come on now. That, that place is going to be rocking. No. <laughs> just, mm. the, the, other, the other thing I just have to bring up, because yeah. I, sometimes I feel like we gloss over it, and maybe they lose this weekend, and maybe we'll, it'll change the narrative. But the reason why I would also side with Nick on possibly Miami or Buffalo is just because of how good the Cowboys have played at home. And yeah. if they were playing at Detroit, maybe it'd be a little bit, maybe I would put it there. But just because they played so well at home, uh, I give the edge to maybe one of those two road games. By the way, the conditions were within the 10-day forecast on the Weather Channel. <laughs> Maybe to it. I uh, gotcha. Sorry. Right. Uh, high, uh, mainly cloudy, high near 35 with oh, winds yes. from 10 to 15 oh, miles an hour. No. Uh, mostly cloudy skies at night with a low of 29. See, right, it's, 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 Buffalo. it's less about the temperature, mm-hmm. more about the wind. The wind, yeah. That, <laughs> the, wind, the, wind Sorry, at, the wind at 35 miles, I mean at 35 degrees. That 15 miles per hour wind, that's going to feel like bite. 27, 28. Yeah, yeah. Like that's going to, that's what cuts through your. There through is your a undie. 25% chance of precipitation. Well. There's 45 the day before, so maybe that moves up. You that can actually see that helps. Move up in I mean, there's probably snow a 10% helps. chance they don't even play the game there and they have to move it to Detroit or somewhere else like they've had to do with some of the snow games that in would Buffalo. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Beamer, that would be legit. Awesome. Beamer's ready to roll. All right. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we're going to take a look at the defensive preview for this Cowboys team. How do they stack up against Jalen Hurts and the weapons on the Philadelphia offense? More we're talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. 
Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from my next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a soldier to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's take a look at the defensive matchup. Jalen Hurts, the RPO, mm. and all these weapons. Mm. They uh, put up some pretty incredible numbers throughout the year, but not necessarily scoring off the chart. They've had some struggles in the red zone throughout the year. Jalen Hurts uh, and Dak Prescott both rank inside the top three of offensive touchdowns, though, in 2023. Hurts is second. Prescott is third. Josh Allen is the only one in front of both of them. When you look at this offense, Isaiah, and based off of what you've seen not only this year, but over the last couple of years, what do they do best as a unit? Man, I think they're just effective in in getting downhill. I believe that these guys have a solid running game. I really like their running game, whether that comes on the heels of DeAndre Swift or whether that comes to Jalen Hurts. Last time Dallas faced the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts was injured. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that or choosing to ignore that. He was not whole. Um, I think he's more whole now than he was. He's really starting to cross the line of scrimmage like he used to. He's utilizing his legs to get first downs, getting out on the edge, throwing the rock. Um, I think these guys obviously have the weapons on the outside. You have the big physical receiver. You have the fast receiver, much like Dallas faced last week in Seattle. You got the big man. You got the speed guy. Um, Which one are you going to put your point of emphasis on to try to shut down? Can you shut down both? Not really sure. Um, Dallas Goddard, we got to see about his availability, uh, if he's going to be there. But these guys just do a great job. Their offensive line is solid. I like their O-line. Um, I think they're physical. I think they're tenacious. I think they, they try to be nasty. Um, but, you know, one thing that I think in terms of uh, opportunity is you've seen these guys before. You know what they do. Um, they don't motion. They're not trying to trick you. 
Um, I think in terms of just lining up, these guys are 31st in the league in terms of shifts and motions. They don't really do a lot of that. So when they when they step to the line of scrimmage, you know where these guys are going to be at. You're not worried about making any adjustments there. Um, it just comes down to communication. And then you do have an opportunity to get some turnovers against these guys. These guys have, I think, 14 takeaways this year. Um, so they're give, they've given the ball up. Jalen Hurts has coughed the ball up a number of times. Um, he, he doesn't like pressure. He doesn't like people all in his face. So there is opportunity there. As dangerous as these guys are with their, all their weapons and their system, um, they're not trying to trick you. Um, I'm not going to say the second part of that. Um, but they're not trying to trick you, but they, but they will come downhill. And if you can't stop the run like we've talked about, um, they will do it over and over again. Um, they're, that's just who they are at heart. That's who their coach is. Um, he's, he's that arrogant of a guy where he would just take the air out the ball. It's funny, too. Like I think a lot of people looked at the way Jerron Bland played uh, last Thursday, and there's concern you know, because of, like I said after the game, you know, similarities between Philly's receivers and, and Seattle a little bit, and there's the, oh, DK Metcalf was able to do this. What if A.J. Brown's able to do that? So I'm asking you guys, because I'm fine with this, so I'm wondering if you guys agree. So that last game against the Cowboys, A.J. Brown, 7 for 66 and a touchdown. Devontae Smith, 3 for 51 and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I would be fine if they can yes. if that's their production again. Or yeah. do you think that would that's too it. much? That's good. No, I think no. that's fine. I, I think if the defense does exactly what they did the first time against Philly, then I think this offense can win this game. Um, obviously, you'd want a little bit more leeway, but I feel like if that's the defensive effort that they put across, I think this offense has developed more in the last five weeks, especially in the running game, to be able to score more than 28 points against this team. Yeah, and this is the part of the year where – and we, we saw it against Seattle a little bit. Seattle was a good test for this offense as well. But you're you're starting to see this offense click, and we've seen it over the last five games, right? It's continuously gotten better. You've seen it crescendo up to this point. This is the point they wanted it to peak yeah. right here in this game. Like you said a, a moment ago in the first segment, Nick, that this is the most important game of the regular season. They know that across the hall. They know that this is when they want this offense to be at its best, other than, of course, a playoff push. But you got to win this game to, to set you up better for that playoff push. I'm – I'm actually excited to see what this offense has in store. I think the defense does very similar to what it did the first time around against Philly, even with the struggle that they had last last week against Seattle. It, mm. It's a different challenge, though, because yeah. Geno Smith doesn't run as much as he used to either. Uh, Jalen Hurts leads the, the uh, NFL in terms of quarterback rushing touchdowns. Uh, I like this stat. Prescott and Hurts will be the fifth matchup between the outright passing touchdown leader and the outright quarterback rushing touchdown leader in December or later since 2010. Five times. Three of the first four times were won by the quarterback leading the NFL in passing touchdowns, and that would be Dak Prescott. Is it like eight of his ten rushing touchdowns from one yard out? Yeah, I think so. Gosh, that's wild. Nine, actually. That's nine. nine. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah. Beamer off the top rope. Bang. Um, yep. I, I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer, but I'm just, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm a realist. I just, from my perspective. It's like what Mike in New York told you yesterday. We know you're picking <laughs> Philly. You never know what I'm going to pick. I just want people to be aware that what you saw last time against Philly was a reduced version of who they are offensively. Okay. And that's just, that's not taking away anything from what our defense did, how successful they were, but that was a reduced version of what they're capable of. And I'm not saying that they're going to display what they're capable of this week. I mean, Dallas has a chance to shut it down. But that was 
taking what your quarterback does best and saying, don't get out the pocket because you can't get out the pocket, right? Don't run, don't do RPO, don't do zone read option, don't do any of these things that you're capable of doing, which makes us more of a threat offensively because you didn't have the ability to do so. Once his knee got compromised, he was he was done. I think he got out the pocket maybe a handful of times, and you saw that he did not want to get out the pocket. He was gimpy as all get out. So I'm, I'm just saying that to be realistic. He still ran 10 times. Yeah, but I'm saying like, but you could tell when he ran, like it was like, yeah. like let me, where's out of bounds? You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, get me out of bounds now. So I just want people to be realistic about that in terms of looking back at what they, at what Dallas did and say, oh, we're going to be better this time. Just, just, just temper your expectations and be realistic and have your offense prepared to be able to score some points. They also took away. They also, in doing that with dialing it back and simplifying their offense, they also took care of the football. Mm-hmm. They never, they didn't have a turnover. They had a couple fumbles, of course, late in the game that nearly gave it's the game. Why they took care of football? Probably. <laughs> uh, on the other side of it, Jalen Hurts, whenever he has been healthy, has been giving the football away at a high rate. Fourteen yes. giveaways Facts. this year. So maybe this is an opportunity for the Dallas defense to be aggressive yeah. and to get after Jalen Hurts to the fact that, hey, maybe he wants to play hero ball, mm-hmm. and that's when he turns it over. Mm-hmm. So it could open up possibilities Facts. on one end where, like, I agree with you. Jalen Hurts was not okay in that last yeah. game against Dallas, and it was pretty painfully obvious. But now that he is okay, it just means he has an opportunity to make <laughs> it's mistakes. Funny, it's funny you guys say that, though, because so I brought up his game log from this year. And yeah, he only threw for threw for 207 yards. Okay, against the Cowboys that first time, mm-hmm. but he was 17 of 23 passing, two yeah. touchdowns, no interceptions. His his passer rating was 130.2. It's the second highest that he's had all season since then. Passer rating, Kansas City Chiefs game 64.6, mm-hmm. Bills 96.2, Niners 85.2. So, so what you're saying don't hit him, keep him in the pocket. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, he was just on he was on a run there. I'm just no, I'm I'm not. Believe me, I think Jalen Hurts is great. I'm just saying that. There, even though he was banged up at that time, those three games in a row, Miami, Washington, and Dallas, his passer range is like 109, 135, 130. And these last three games, it has not been on that level. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, Nick, who do you feel like on the defense has to have their best game? Um, I, I feel like it's those the interior defensive line because whenever I was going – Whenever we were going into the first game against Philly, the thing that I worried about was DeAndre Swift. And if Hertz is a little bit more healthy and he's able to get out of the pocket and kind of expand the running game a little bit, that's going to expand opportunities for DeAndre Swift. And that's still a weapon that I fear on that that offense because I don't feel like Dallas has really seen the full potential of what that weapon could look like against this Dallas defense. So, yeah, those guys in the middle, um, Jonathan Hankins, Mozzie Smith, um, uh, Neville Gallimore when he gets in, uh, Osoa Digizua, um, those guys need to have a really strong outing again. Uh, they've, they've been stacking good games in the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks. So if they can keep that going, then then I, I feel good about how this defense can stop the, the rushing attack from Philadelphia. And if they can do that, then I think we're going to have a similar offensive output from Philadelphia that we had last time. On another part of the defense that maybe hasn't had their best couple of weeks, and if anything has maybe been criticized for it at the safety position, how imperative is their play on Sunday night? Being able to see J. Ron Kirsch play better, Malik Cooker play better, yeah. Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson stepped up, made a huge play on fourth down, yeah, helped he Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence kind of have that stop on Zach Charbonnet at the goal or at the, the line of the game. Can those three guys, though, play a complete game? And how bad 
is that needed for this Dallas defense? Yeah, that would be big because obviously you don't want to have these receivers take the top off this defense. That would be that would be pretty catastrophic in my eyes uh, if they're able to work a downfield passing game with the weapons that they have in the receiving core. So yeah, obviously yeah, these safeties need to play well. Malik Hooker as well. Whenever he's in those single high situations, um, he's been up, he's been down, he's had his moments this year. Um, I, I think if he can just stack really good reps on Sunday, then they can limit that passing attack and keep everything underneath. They can keep everything underneath. I feel good about what, what this second level and what these DBs can do to keep everything from letting it letting it kind of leak out. You know, the DK Metcalf, Garrett Wilson touchdowns that we've had this year, uh, that we've seen yeah. this year. Um, so, yeah. I feel like with both these teams, um, I, honestly, I think the game will be decided by the two quarterbacks on who can get outside the pocket and extend plays the most, mm-hmm. whether it be with their legs or to, you know, Mike McCarthy always talks about the 2.3, extend it beyond that to create bigger plays down the down the field. Um, and that very well could be Jalen Hurts, but that could be Dak Prescott too, especially with the way he's been playing lately. So if you tell me they keep Hurts in the pocket and they're able to contain him a little bit, I really like the Cowboys' chances. But if he's getting outside, running, you know, uh, extending plays for A.J. Brown, <laughs> stuff down the field, yeah, the Cowboys are in trouble then. Hmm. Cause something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. I, I want to highlight Marquise Bell. Okay. I, I I need Marquise Bell to have a heck of a game. And yes, I I think that you know what? Let's maybe back maybe backpedal a little bit. Just talking about the defensive backs. I don't know the last time that we have been in a position to to praise the safety trio that we have on this roster. I think you think it's been back a couple months. It's been a while. Since we've like sung the praises of these of these safeties now prior to contract extensions and things of that nature, oh, they're balling. They were the talk of training camp. It's been kind of quiet. And I'm not sure if that's because we're paying less attention. I'm not sure if that's because they're not making as many plays, but I don't feel as if that trio has been as impactive as they have once as they once were. And we need a resurgence of that. Whether that be from the coverage standpoint, whether that be from having hard hits, Donald, I haven't, obviously he made a big tackle. I don't know the last time that we saw Donald have a big hit, right, and have that enforcement that he used to have near the, the middle of the, the middle of this uh, of the defense and the line of scrimmage. A couple of years ago, this dude was a complete dog up there, right, being a force to reckon with. Um, Curse was coming up there putting vice grips on tight ends. You know, these are all the things that we were talking about. Haven't heard that, so. Want to see a resurgence of that, but in terms of this game, in terms of taking away one of the things that this team does very well, Marquise Bell has to have a heck of a game. Yes, that's not taking away the interior defensive line. Yeah. Osa Digizua, those guys have to do their deal um, to be able to take away the internal the running game and the RPO. But Marquise Bell has a, has a high task, and that's going to be shadowing Jalen Hurts. That's his role. I think he's done a great job of that with other running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be his role most likely this week against Jalen Hurts and, and preventing him from being able to get outside the pocket and applying that pressure, forcing him to throw some some errant throws and, and, and putting pressure in front of him in his face to make him fumble even possibly. Um, but I think he's going to play a big role in this game. Obviously, it's going to be a collective effort um, at all three levels. But in terms of shutting down Jalen Hurts, I'm looking to Marquise Bell. Got to have a big game. And really that safety group in general has to step up in a big way as well. When we come back, though, here on Talking Cowboys, we talk to John Machota's national storylines. He's got a couple good ones that we're going to hit in a couple moments when we return with more Talking Cowboys after this. 
They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back into Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. And we're all smiles as John Machota reads our national storylines. Let's go, JM. Bang. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that the national storylines, because here's one of them I obviously was going to talk about with you guys would be Aaron Rodgers and coming back potentially from that Achilles, and they're terrible. And so I'd been like, let's just make this about the Cowboys. So Love that. if the season ended today, mm-hmm. they would be the fifth seed and having to go play the NFC South champ. Okay. Right now, that would be the Falcons. But the Falcons, Bucks, Saints are all kind of in that group. So I wanted to ask you guys, if you can pick, if that ends up being the case for them, you can pick where they go. What's the best one of those environments, teams, whatever, for the Cowboys to face? And what's the worst one, like the one that you absolutely don't want to see? Because for me, I'll just start with the best one to me, I think it's Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You already went there last year and beat them with Tom Brady ton of Cowboys fans. I would expect the same there again. I, I wouldn't love the road environment as much at those other places, even though there'll be a ton of Cowboys fans, either mm-hmm. of them. I think that Tampa Bay would be the one that you'd want the most, but 
I want to hear your guys' takes on this. Yeah, I would I would agree with Tampa Bay being the the best scenario because they're just not the same. And, and like you said, they, Tampa Bay fans are even not as all in as they were whenever Tom Brady was there. The the, the TB the Tampa Brady fans have left. And well, I think they're like to, Ravens fans now or something. Yeah, like they're all over Dolphins everywhere fans. else. Yeah, give me Atlanta. But <laughs> okay. Give me Atlanta. I, there's nobody that I fear on Atlanta's team. Bijan they're Robinson, six and six. Bijan. There's nobody. Kyle Pitts. I don't fear neither one of those guys in terms okay. of what Calvin. they've done in the league. Oh, wait, no, he's not there anymore. AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell. I don't fear those guys. No. There's a Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, they've shut down it's Mike, Mike Evans. Evans and that's who else? I don't care. Kate Otten. It was a Mike, it was a Mike Evans. <laughs> Kate Otten. Hey, hey don't you hit on you, Dub. Don't you hit on you, Dub. Okay, <laughs> Tampa has a couple of you, Dub guys. Uh, I think my least favorite of the bunch would be New Orleans going on the road yeah. and playing you in the Superdome. Super and and I honestly just I just don't trust New Orleans and <laughs> the fact that they're going to find a way to play well in that yeah. game. Like they yeah. they're so streaky. I and, think Card gives you a chance to win plenty of times. Um, and but, then you've got Winston who could either throw for thirty picks or thirty dub. touchdowns. He'll eat a dub on you. <laughs> so Atlanta is four and two at home this year. Tampa Bay is three and three, and the Saints are surprisingly two and three at home. Hmm. So. Selfishly, I'd want to go to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, but I think the best the best case scenario. Why is that, Tampa. Nick? Why would you want to go to New Orleans? I love that place. It's yeah. a beautiful. You want to join place. me? Mm-hmm. Uh, on on New Year's Day, and make a make a early trip out there. See I've, already, I've already scout out the stadium. Right <laughs> Are you <laughs> going to go? Real real quick go? then off of yeah. that. Oh. What is your guys' favorite oh. NFL road city? Because oh. I I thought I of it because a lot of people would probably say New Orleans, especially if you're yeah. a foodie. Like I have to yeah. say New Orleans. New Orleans was the craziest the road food. environment that I've ever played in. Like rocking, put freaking yin yang twins, stand up and get crunk. After every time they score, a little swag you know, serve. I mean, it was dude. And so that was regardless of team that you were on. You felt like it, like there wasn't more. Hate. It was when you were with the Cowboys. I was with New England. Okay. Mm. Oh. New Orleans is up there. I haven't been. The, I mean, I've been to Miami. I haven't been as like an NFL. Miami's personnel. not an atmosphere. It's not, not the same thing. It's not. Yeah. Um, I liked Denver. I, I'm I'm fun. Cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Buffalo. Buffalo, like Buffalo is cool. I'm looking forward to Buffalo. It feels like a high school stadium. Yeah, that's the only thing. And they're building that new stadium. Yeah. So, like, here in, like, five years, yeah. then, you know, It'll by the better. next time the Cowboys go Buffalo play. feels like high school. Miami feels like, eh, whatever. Um, I'm not Minnesota's, saying Minnesota's, Minnesota's, Minnesota's nice. Yeah. Ooh, Kansas City would be up there. I'm not saying it's number one for me, but I'm not just saying it because he's sitting here, but Seattle's pretty high in there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah like, Seattle's like, great. It's a cool city. It's down. The stadium's downtown, walkable stuff. and uh, I've never the been there as an opponent. Yeah, stadium's yeah. so loud, and that's just a really cool environment. You were there as a broadcaster. Was there yeah. as a broadcaster. They just have really bad service in their restaurants. That's about the only thing. That's, like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. You at one more? Yeah, let's do one more. All right, so again, I want to keep it to a Cowboys thing here, <laughs> and... Right now, everything in the NFC is being talked about is 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles. And I feel like everyone thinks that that's gonna, what it's going to come down to, who wins the NFC. So right now, the 49ers, I feel like, are in the driver's seat. I think they clearly look like the best team with what they've done against the Eagles and Cowboys this year. So I'll just ask you, who has a better chance of beating the 49ers in the playoffs, the Cowboys or Eagles? Oh, <laughs> no. Um, mm. Gosh. Detroit. <laughs> um, that's a trick question I feel like they would both probably be on the road yeah probably yeah I think San Fran's probably going to run the table or at least get close to running the table down the stretch did you I see would that, say, did you I'd see probably that they put Chase Young in in garbage time I'm watching that and I'm like it's garbage time and Chase Young's chasing you 
mm-hmm. chasing you. Yeah, you see what I did there? Chase Young. It's, cra- it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally watching. I'm like, what the heck? Oh. <laughs> what? In a way... I kind of like the Cowboys because of the fact of I do think if the, if both of them played at San Francisco, I do think that the Phillies spread would be smaller. Mm-hmm. I do think that the Cowboys, most people would be expecting them to lose that game. But I think that there is a little bit of there's they've been such a thorn in your side. They're thinking they're going to beat you. Everybody thinks they're going to beat you. There's it's like one of those few places where the Dallas Cowboys can be a, a unequivocal underdog. And so because of that, I don't know that there's that same feeling with Philly where I think people might look at it as, no, if they had their quarterback last year, yeah. this game would have been different or, or maybe not. I don't know. There's a little bit more debate there where I think a lot of people just look at it as like, oh, well, you know San Francisco is going to beat the Cowboys. And any time in sports where you just think it's like this foregone conclusion, that's usually when it's wild stuff happens, yeah. you know. I, I think I, I lean the Cowboys there just because I, they're a much different team than when they went up there in, in week five. Yeah. Um, offense is different. Uh, defense has found a little bit more chemistry with, with a couple of pieces that are out and a couple of pieces that have kind of fit in. I, I think they're a different team than they were in week five, so I would say the Cowboys. I, I like your reasoning. Yeah. I do. I would probably say from a roster standpoint, Philadelphia is better Yeah. Uh, just because of the trenches and what they can do from a defensive line standpoint to try and stop the run. They didn't do a great job of it mm. on Sunday against San Fran. Um, the, the thing that Dallas would have there is – you're right. It's they're written off in that game immediately. I don't think anybody would really, with a, a clean conscience, pick the Dallas Cowboys to win that game if it's Cowboys and 49ers. Where even whenever they've met the last couple of days, somebody would do it, but it wouldn't be with a clean conscience. You would pick the Cowboys to win yes. over the 49ers in yes. San Francisco if it happened tomorrow. Yes. Why? <clears throat> Why? Yeah. Because I don't trust Brock Purdy. Okay. I think the pass rush. That's MVP favorite, Brock Purdy. Screw that. About. I don't trust Brock Purdy. <laughs> and I think that Brock Purdy will lay down when pressure is put on him. And I, I think that Dallas has got to get there first. I, I think yeah. Dallas presents. The I think time. Dallas presents a greater opportunity to apply pressure to Brock Purdy than Philadelphia Eagles defensive front does. Ooh. I disagree. Boom. Ooh. I disagree. That just happened. I like it. I'll let you have it. Yeah, I like it. You don't have to agree. I'm happy you agree. Disagree. But it's just. Not a, not convinced of Purdy, and it's not going to be a foregone conclusion when you walk into that building because there are going to be plenty of Cowboys fans. There would be a chance to be on the road and to finally take care of business against the team that's knocked you out the last couple of years. There's going to be a pride factor into it. I, I do y'all feel like there's any team in the AFC that is like in the same tier as Philadelphia and San Francisco in the AFC? Yeah, uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, Kansas City, Miami, Kansas City. It's not Casey, I'm not. Ca- I'm not counting Miami? out Kansas yeah, City. I, 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 I want no. Feels like the Detroit want, of the AFC. Yeah, sure, but the Kansas City been there, done that. Yeah, Kansas no. City would scare me more Struggling. than the Dolphins. Okay. Yeah, not me. Like who just comes out of nowhere? Like that, I, I know I said this earlier in the year. Like the Dolphins would to yeah. just be this team where oh yeah, this one year, boom, 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 put it all together, Super yeah. Bowl. Like I mean, it's possible. But Miami feels sure. like the Detroit of the AFC for me. Yeah. Like, they're nine and three, haven't really beat anybody. They're dangerous, yes, and they could, you know, win a big playoff game, but like I don't feel like they'll reach the Super Bowl. Baltimore. Baltimore and KC yeah, is where I'd Baltimore put. is a good one. I would probably KC. rank it Baltimore one, Kansas City two, Miami three. And for me, it's not even Baltimore. Kansas City, like as in the Chiefs organization. It's like what team is Patrick Mahomes on? Exactly. I, you just don't want to <laughs> Yeah. Because he can just have this huge <laughs> game and boom, you're you're how many first over. round receivers are they going to get this year? I mean, yeah. yeah. They're gonna trade the house. I'm, I'm everybody tweeting everybody. a different receiver every week after a Chiefs game and be like, so a Roma Dunze, yeah. Xavier Worthy. They are going to get those guys. Hey, Rashid Rice is looking pretty good. SMU prospect. 
pretty good. They're going to get at they least two big receivers. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, do definitely time. need more. All right, that does it for us here on National Storylines and for Talking Cowboys. We've got to get really? out of here. Nick Eatman coming up with Cowboys Storyline. You can get on the phone line right now, 888-855-2297. Really quick, we had a fun uh, a text in about the invisibility cloak. A uh, guy <laughs> said, I would get on the field during the game and just knock people down, trip the other team's quarterback, <laughs> etc." That's good. That's <laughs> awesome. That's I love it. That's good. good. That's the best response. That's <laughs> only response and best response. I wonder if this Philadelphia sideline is already invested in an invisibility, invisibility cloak for Ooh. their security officers. Big Dom. Wow. Big Dom. You're going to need a big cloak. Be an XXL cloak. <laughs> All right, that does it for us here on Talking we Cowboys. We have a cable. For Chris Bean, we do have cable. For Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?